Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back everyone to the SLC Punks podcast. This is Hansen James. And this is Milo. And we're coming back from uh, – we're recording this Saturday morning, uh, the day after the Jazz ended their win streak. And honestly, wah, wah. It, it really hurt. I'm not used to losing for a while. And so it's kind of like going on a vacation to uh, the Bahamas and then coming back to snow-covered Salt Lake City. And you're like, oh, man, I I think forgot. it's because of the snow. I think it's it might because be. of snow. I, like, I, I have no stats behind this, but I'm pretty sure every time it snows, Utah Jazz lose. <laughs> that might be accurate. I don't know the analytics of that. But. No, I'm pre- I'm pretty sure you can't prove that wrong. <laughs> but anyways, the Jazz are still what winners of eleven of their last twelve. That's the positive way to look at it. Yes, winners uh, of their last twelve, twelve out of their last fourteen. There we and, go. Uh, there you go. And start, they start pulling play... ba- bigger numbers. It makes us feel better. And they get to play the tanking Mavericks tonight. If they lose tonight, then you know serious sadness might set in. But uh, there's a few things to talk about. So we got to see Ricky Rubio come back, and he didn't look great. And maybe it was because he's just trying to find his way into the lineup. But he was in single-digit scoring. He was single-digit assists. And just looked really passive. The offense just didn't really flow when he had the ball, unlike it did during the winning streak when he was playing. It's yeah. uh, It's a little... It's a little disconcerting. I think it's a little bit of rust because I think the, uh, you know, the other team wasn't really hitting shots either. I think we were like twenty five percent from three or around there, mm-hmm. uh, and just looked really rusty. And they had like twenty turnovers, just an ugly game. Um, for me, I just think the Jazz need to get tonight in. They can play a team like the Mavericks and kind of almost it's like a practice and get back to the winning ways. I hope. I don't know. Should we be worried about it, Milo or? I would say we... I would say the one thing that I was worried about, and, and and Rubio wasn't the only perpetrator of this. It's just the lazy passing that was going on last night. Like there were some passes, like that. Uh, Joe Ingles had this lazy bounce pass over to the corner that was easily picked off. You, you saw players like uh, diving diving to the paint, and it's and it really felt like Portland. I think Portland did circle this after the Utah Jazz did beat Portland in Portland. Because if 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 if, if uh, the Jazz beat beat the Trailblazers last night, they own the tiebreaker. And looking at the Western Conference, it everyone's within like three games of each other. So there's a weird scenario that like three through ten could tie. Mm-hmm. And and, and, and the Jazz have, have tiebreakers. They have tiebreakers. They already have tiebreakers over you know over the Thunder, the, over the Nuggets, and so. 
Um, that that would be the third one, and that's uh in with a uh, with a division that everyone is in the playoff race, and and everyone could <laughs> everyone could be in the playoffs in a certain mm-hmm. scenario, like the entire Northwest. Um, it, th- that's really important. So I think Portland knew the the implications of this game. I also I also think Utah finally felt the effects of trying to integrate Jay Crowder. And what that's doing to the lineup? How, like uh, last night, uh, we we had a we we had a reappearance of the um, the the Quinn Snyder just throwing everything at the, at the wall type of uh, substitutions. Like there was a point where he threw Udo in there. He threw Burks in there. He threw. Like he was just throwing. Let's get something going. Yes, let's just try to like something. We need something to stick. And um, and funny enough, this was a game where Utah misses Joe Johnson and Rodney Hood. Like it sucks to say that, but they do uh, because Jay Crowder doesn't necessarily. He had a good game. He was five for eleven, but. Also, it also his game, his stat line shows of how much how much further he needs to go. He had four turnovers. Like the entire starting lineup, Joe Ingles had three turnovers. Rudy Gobert two turnovers. Rubio three turnovers. Donovan Mitchell two turnovers. Jay Crowder four turnovers. Royce O'Neal two turnovers. They had seven more turnovers than the Portland Trailblazers. That's that's a lot of free points. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and and. Uh, and it seemed like those turnovers were easily leading to fast breaks. Those were right on the perimeter from bad passes. So oh, there were like, you know, it's and it maybe it gives me just hope, and maybe it can be kind of a fluke game. The person who led the team in plus minus with minus twenty seven, or in negative plus minus with minus, was Joe Ingles. Yeah. So that's just not going to normally happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe that's a good sign for the Jazz. I I just hope they come in tonight. And don't do that again. <laughs> that was really awful to watch. And and then you have, on top of that, you had officiating that was pretty questionable. But at times, I think the Jazz just kind of deserved bad officiating because of how poor their play was. So the officiating can be was bad last night. But the the thing that really bothered me is they let the officiating get to them. And then they let, let the officiating dictate their game. Mm-hmm. And, and so, then it just... It just snowballed into the point and then it just turned into a loss yeah yeah so it like they they like it it became a point instead of like getting back there on defense if if uh if if a call went went the wrong way and it shouldn't have they they just looked deflated on the other end they just were just mm-hmm. giving up and so this definitely was a wake-up game i i think if you are on a win streak Sometimes you can get the feeling that you can, if you just show up to the game, um, things are going to roll your way, like you'll figure it out. And mm-hmm. and uh, it started to look like there was like that last hint of a, a run going on in the in the fourth quarter. Um, and and, and then it, Dame squashed it, <laughs> and then Dame just 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 like no, no. But here's here's the other thing: you cannot like. They scored 17 points in the second quarter and 17 points in the third quarter while giving up 22 and 27. They gave up 31 points in the in the first quarter. 31. 
And those like, were turnovers because some of those were just those pick six bad, type turnovers. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the problem that was going on. Is like not, not all turnovers are created equal. These weren't these weren't turnovers where you know you're deep in the paint and somebody swipes you. Um, this is like exactly what you're saying a pick six and and uh and a foul like uh and 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 the jazz were lazy they got hit with two key in the three three in the keys in the first first half like that's just that honestly the jazz had a all-star break hangover mm-hmm. it's kind of what it, it was just and that's why i think it's kind of a throwaway and i'm happy they get to play tonight to just play a bad team if they lose tonight then we're having a different conversation but they lose I think... tonight like here's the thing like they they have a lot of easy games and mm-hmm. if they for if they lose these easy games um that then it's over uh, but that's just such a simple thing to say if they lose the easy games they're, then they're not gonna win uh <laughs> i just realized that, that 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 analysis and that hot take as it was coming out of my mouth oh that's why. That was, that's why they. That's why we get the subscribers. That's 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 why the, that's why people come here. They're like, they. That's that's a good point. If they score more points, they 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 are going to win. That's that's a good. That's a fair point. So I I I think, I, like Donovan Mitchell played well last night. Um, but he started out. He started out pretty rough. Um, Rudy Gobert had a great night last night. Um, he had four blocks, but it. it but the problem was the team defense was not there. Um, switches weren't great. Um, co- covering covering each other's tail wasn't great. The turnovers mm-hmm. were bad. It, it, the turnovers it, were just awful. I mean, we scored eighty one points, mm-hmm. and that's just not going to get it done. Yeah, um, it it just uh, everything kind of just looked kind of discombobulated. And putting Rubio back into the lineup, like I, I do think the Jazz are, get, are are better with Rubio right now. And especially with the, the the tear that Rubio was on, it looked some of some of it. I don't expect him to score twenty two points a game, but I do. I did see. I did like. I do think we can expect a Rubio scoring like 14, 14 points, six rebounds, six assists, mm-hmm. and that's that's sustainable. They didn't get that Rubio. You you can't you can't win a game if two of your starters only score four points, and mm-hmm. that's what you had with Rubio and Favors. It just was was rough. Yeah, it's. I think it's a throwaway, uh, but let's just hope that they. I. It's a kind of a perfect scenario in some ways. The Jazz kind of got a wake up call. I think a mm-hmm. reminder how tough it is to win NBA basketball games, uh, because you're going off a high like Donovan's winning the dunk contest and getting all this exposure and and it's a lot of fun. And then you come back and you get hit by. By Dame, so it'll be good, and then they can come back tonight. And I, I bet they come out hard. I bet Quinn Snyder had a few words for the locker room after that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they come out tonight and they beat the Mavericks, and hopefully they squash the Mavericks. They, you know, they need to get that role and they need to find some rhythm. So it's kind of perfect. Now they can play against a team that's tanking, that doesn't want to win. Maybe it can kind of help them find their sets again, almost like a high-level practice against a bad team. So Yeah. What's what's hard about this is they're going through this transition of integrating a new player uh, with Jay Crowder, which, uh, if we're being honest, even though the win streak was going on, those last four wins of the win streak were, were, were very, like, tough, tough, tough slogan. Mm-hmm. Like, it... it, it, it 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 took some heroics in the fourth quarter to really get some get some stuff done, 
And and part of that is they're integrating Jay Crowder, and part of that was the loss of Rubio. So there was adjustment number one. Now we're having the the adjustment where Rubio is now playing with Jay Crowder. How does that fit? How does how does that work? What are the lineups? And especially dealing with the loss of really dealing with the the loss of Rodney Hood and uh, and Joe Johnson. Like Rubio hasn't played a lot of games since the trade, so mm-hmm. he hasn't played with uh, <laughs> he hasn't played with this new squad a lot. No, um, and and we have an adjustment coming up with Dante Exum. Or when he returns to the lineup next month. Oh, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be wonderful. If Rubio doesn't kind of improve, then we're going to see a lot more of Dante. But I honestly, I would predict seeing a ton of Dante Exum, whether it's off the bench or starting or whatever Quinn wants to do. The Jazz need to find out what some information about Dante, what they have, how well does he do um, against starters and high-level talent. And so it's going to be a lot of fun either way. I yeah. I have a feeling it's going to go really well and it's going to be something for jazz fans to get really excited about. When you think about the the spacing that Donovan provides and the screens that Rudy sets with uh, Dante's speed, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to, to get to the rim in, in summer league. And I know there's going to be the trolls out there saying things like, well, you know, come back when it's not summer league. You know what? He showed speed in Summer League that's going to translate into regular games. And we watched Donovan blow up Summer League, and and uh, Dante was doing the same thing. So I'm excited to see Donovan Dante get some play with a team that has a better culture and chemistry than last season. Uh, they're not like making substitutions and playtime decisions based off of making a selfish basketball player happy. And so it's going to be fun to see Dante get some get some time and get some run. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm a bit more conservative on the Dante Exum. I'm on the the bandwagon, but I I um I'm the brakes. So, I uh, I do think it's going to be good. I do think the adjustment period is going to be rough because if we saw Rubio only miss like two and a half weeks and we mm-hmm. saw his him coming back into the lineup tonight, I mean last night, that's that was that's two and a half weeks. Now now we're going to multiply that by uh, quite a few months. So mm-hmm. that's that's what we're going to get with Dante Exum. Though the Jazz are are starved for for talent on the perimeter because if you look at the perimeter right now, you have you have Rubio and Mitchell in the backcourt, and then behind them is Neto, and then Alec Burks and Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal has been great. But Dante Exum has a much higher ceiling than Royce O'Neal. Mm-hmm. He, he just does. And and what what's hard is if uh, you know Royce O'Neal's he's shown some ability to create, but that's still very much in its embryonic state. Those who can the only people who can really create are Rubio and Mitchell, and then Neto every once in a while. You know, with Exum, Exum, you're gonna get somebody great on the perimeter, but. It, there's going to be an adjustment period. There's definitely going to be adjustment period, but the Jazz need definitely, definitely need some creation on uh, from from their backcourt. That's that is not Donovan and is not Rubio. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I one one of the things that gives me a lot of hope is, and we kind of saw it from Ricky when the Jazz were during their win streak. When Ricky was playing during the win streak, is he was getting to the rim and scoring at the rim. Uh, pretty regularly, and that's what we're going to see with with Dante. 
Uh, they'll go under screens with Dante, and he showed an ability to shoot in summer league. Let's hope that that can show up in in regular games. But Dante is much quicker than than Rubio, and that's one of his best talents and skills is just that first step that gets him to the rim. And so he'll get those big screens from Rudy or or favors from whichever side, and he's going to get to the rim. And because of his passing, we should see some really great things. I actually, I mean, I'm the bullish one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think we have a chance to see Dante just really blossom. Uh, and I don't know. Let's just hope because we might need him if Rubio doesn't get back to form. We might need that if we want to make the playoffs this year. We yeah. just need some sort of creation, and if that's Dante or Rubio, whichever, I'm I'm fine with how uh, I'm fine with the Jazz winning. That's usually my thing. I like it when the Jazz win, and so if it's Dante or if it's Rubio. Either way, I'd you know I'd like to see Dante because I I want to see the Jazz get a long term contract with with Dante, but we'll see. It's going to be interesting at the very least. Yeah, I I, I agree. It's going to be interesting. We're going to find out kind of what they uh, what the Jazz have to muster uh, with mm-hmm. all of this. Um, it, it looking at the you know upcoming schedule, Utah Jazz do have the easiest schedule out of all the Western Conference playoff contenders. Mm-hmm. Which is which is great because I mean you might be Jazz are disappointed that they lost to Portland, but hey, guess what's on the back to back? Dallas, so that's nice. Exactly. Uh, so they they have that going for them. I I do think just last night just it, you was a combination of the Jazz just looked like they could come in and uh, get things going. They weren't crisp. They weren't anything. And you had the Portland Trailblazers that it, Dame is on another level right now. Like you look at the way Dame is playing, and you're like, oh my goodness, we have we have a Dame and embryo with Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. But but there are points last night that Dame was just like he was getting to the line, and, and there were I know I know I know y'all he was getting some touch fouls. We get it, but. But there were moments last night where Dame's just like, yeah, I'm just going to get to where I want and I can score. And it was just frustrating and maddening to watch because you watched Utah Jazz's really good defense just get sliced and diced by by mm-hmm. Dame all night long. And so that's that's going to be a uh, – that's a Dame – the Portland Trailblazers are locked in. I, I think the thing that shocked me most about last night was Nurk. Like Nurkic? Like, he had a great game. He punked Gobert all night long. Like, just and he had three blocks. He 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 put up like a Rudy Gobert line last night. So, yeah, the the Blazers look like they're starting to starting to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and I think the Jazz have figured it out, but I think definitely last night was the welcome back to reality type of type of thing that if they if they use it correctly can be great what i really hope and i think everyone in their back of their heads is kind of like man i really hope they use 11 games wasn't a fluke like yeah. it's hard it's hard to win 11 games in a row period like that that's not flukish but what we're saying is this utah jazz team we've seen it at the beginning of the season they started high then they then they got in the trenches again and then end of the end of november beginning of december they went up high then they got injured, and they went through the gauntlet of December, mid-January, and then they got healthy again, and things started turning around. Uh, 
so you know the- yeah they they just they just need to get tonight mm-hmm. they need to get back to the game tonight they need to find a they need to get a nice win it was just a good reminder i actually think it in the long run it'll be good because i mean i'm i don't know if they were favored to even win the game last night we're just used used, used to winning uh, and so them them losing tonight's not a big deal. I mean that it's probably not it you it would have been nice to win, obviously, but uh, they needed something to kind of let them know, hey, this is no cakewalk, and you can't just come into a game and turn the ball over twenty something times and expect to win. I, I think and, the other thing too is uh, this actually puts into light uh, just thinking about this, like the Jay Crowder edition, like the whole Jay Crowder edition wasn't a hey this year. This is going to – Jay Crowder is going to be better than J- having Joe Johnson and and Rodney Hood combined type of thing. That Jay Crowder move was definitely a long-term move because you need to work him in. He needs he needs some development to get back to Boston status. Mm-hmm. But So the Jazz are going to take a step back in, in the firepower that they have now, especially just not having – there were times last night I was like, man, I really wish we could have Joe Johnson and just like be like, go get his buckets, just mm-hmm. give him the ball, just let him, just let him like old man game eight points out. Yeah, like or or having the threat of Rodney Hood on on the perimeter, but but they don't have that now, and that's it, like the team is going to be better moving forward, but the immediate impact is a little bit of is is going to be a step back because you have to integrate Jay Crowder. And it was made with an with an eye towards, hey, if we free up these minutes, these minutes are going to be available for Dante Exum when he comes back, and the money in the offseason is going to be available to go after some additional talent. So, it's mm-hmm. it's it, it, it it's a, it's a, it, it was a long term move, and so we're going to kind of see it during this this uh, this adjustment period to 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 Crowder and Rubio, and then to Exum. We're going to there's going to be some definite bumps, and it's not going to be as pretty as the win streak. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I we know that Quinn Snyder has one of the deeper playbooks in the NBA and has one of the more intricate systems that relies a lot on timing and and making the right pass at the right time to the right person and it just takes time to learn. It took Ricky a long while this season to just kind of get comfortable within it. And so that's kind of interesting to think about in the future when the Jazz might be making mid-season trades. When you're making a trade for someone that's going to play for Quinn Snyder, it probably means they're not going to pick it up that season if at least if it's midway through it's going to take a good little while for them to figure out their role some players are different some players are really smart and can find their way like donovan mitchell has kind of figured out this system pretty well and i don't know if it's because quinn's kind of simplified it for him or just made it you know given him very specific roles and actions that he runs while Mm -hmm. he's playing the offense but uh, it's just going to take time and that might be some that's just kind of a you know if the jazz make a trade they need to think long term a little bit because yeah. it does take time to learn Quinn's system, and, I, but the nice thing is that it does work. You, to, to your point, like I was just like you brought up something interesting. Is like you know if they're smart, they can pick it up. I think one thing with Donovan Mitchell that he's able to pick it up is because he has so many weapons in his toolbox, so to speak. Like he has a mid range game, he has the floater, he has you know he can drive to the hoop, he he has that euro step, he can hit the long long ball, he can go off the dribble. I think that opens up uh, that doesn't there's not as many limitations versus like mm-hmm. Rubio in the system. It's like, OK, well, if it, 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 you know, he has his 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 offensive toolbox is not as deep, 
as mm-hmm. as Donovan Mitchell. So it's not so much like, hey, he, he's. I think Rubio picked it up, but I think Rubio finding how he can make the system work for him and his limited offensive skills is mm-hmm. is a different thing because um, I, I think what we're seeing now is like he's finishing around the rim better. But I also think he's when he gets to the rim, he's having he, he's able to get more space, so he's able to figure out how to use it to his advantage. So I think that's the the biggest thing to Quinn's advantage. Basketball is mm-hmm. it takes time to adjust to it because uh, it, it's going to create an advantage, but you just need to figure out how you can get that advantage to work with your skill set, and that's mm-hmm. part that's well, part and coaching, and that's part part player as well, being able to see it and read it you know, in, in lifetime on the, on the floor. Well, and Donovan has so many advantages. That's why advantage basketball just works for him. Uh, that's why I'm going to say it. That's why Dante might flourish here because he's got a lot of things that are going to give him an advantage. And because of, uh, Rubio's, you know, he doesn't have the fastest first step. And so, and, and this is another thing with Quinn's system. We know that they try to run uh, like we hear all the stats all the time that the Jazz have one of the slowest offenses in the league. Well, part of that is not necessarily because they're slow; it's that they run a lot of actions and they they try the first part of their offense, and if it doesn't work, then they then the sex, second option, and then the third. And um, Donovan is able to just usually get something very good on that first option, but it feels like when you have other players like you said, like Rubio, who has to figure it out. He has to pass out because the option doesn't always work, but that's that gets the defense to to kind of bend, and then you get the other action going, and then the bend, defense bends a little more, and then that third action goes and they score. But yeah. if you have player, if you have the players that can uh, take advantage initially, like like Donovan, that's why he's flourishing. It goes really well. And no, so something interesting. So you were talking about when you brought up the pace of the Utah Jazz. That made me think during this whole win streak, the Utah Jazz have been playing at a really fast pace. And for mm-hmm. the Utah Jazz, so it's relative. Like we're like, wow, we're, we're the Jazz are 14th in the league, and for us, <laughs> that's like ludicrous speed. Like, like <laughs> I can't it, remember that. Was that is that uh, Spaceballs? Yes, that was a Spaceballs reference. Hey, hey. So, but but the last four games, the Utah Jazz have have been struggling. Like they they've won game their games, but. They haven't exactly been, um, like, it, it, it. It's not full control of the game. Like it, against San Antonio, it was, it, it was a possibility. Um, they needed some late game heroics. They, they, they would have needed late game heroics against Portland. It, it felt like a slog. The game against mm-hmm. Memphis. Uh, their last four games, they've settled down into the lowest pace in in the league again um they're 28th so that pace now is slowing down again so i think part of the problem is they're they're slowing down and i wonder if and let's go five games let's put this to when jay crowder came here um where Mm -hmm. their pace settles yeah so since jay crowder got here their pace has slowed down to um 97 that also coincides with rubio's injury to his hip Mm-hmm. So, so now we have something where Rubio Rubio hasn't been here to push the pace. Um, let's look at their last game. Where, 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 what was their pace at? Yeah, still slow. So, so they're not pushing the pace as fast. Rubio was pushing that pace, and the uh, and and trying to uh, 
trying to adjust with Jay Crowder in the offense to slow things down because obviously he's not, he doesn't know the reads. So you kind of have to simplify it. So I think the part, I think then uh, if we're going to see success with the Utah Jazz and we're like, oh my gosh, you're getting it. They're, they're working as a team. They're moving faster. It's definitely going to be that pace. Do we see that mm-hmm. pace get back to the hundreds where they were 100, 101, uh, 101 possessions, 102 possessions a game? Um, versus, I, I mean, their their last game, they only had, you know, there was 97 possessions. And over the past five games since Rubio's been out, they're only averaging 97 possessions versus they were averaging 102 possessions a game um, over that win streak. So this is giving me hope. I, yeah. But they need they need healthy Rubio or they need Dante because Dante will push it too. Uh, I, I. Uh, I just want to see Dante so bad. Uh. Yeah, I, I also think, um, you know, in these last few games since since Rubio went down, they've like turnover percentage has risen. So they're they're it, it, one of the eleventh eleven worst teams as far as turnover percentage. So that that got that's not worse. helping anything. That and is that definitely not helping for Portland. You know, and that that is a, if anything, that is what is disrupting their offense as well because you're just. It's got to be deflating when you see that the ball getting turned over that many times and by that many players too. Just Quinn had to be pulling his hair out. Just what are you doing? Like, uh, I mean, another thing happened last night though that might get interesting for the playoffs as well. I don't know how severe it is, but Jimmy Butler went down with an injury. That was that. Oh, that I, I that sucks for Minnesota fans. I'm sorry. They finally like terrible. they finally get get going, and and I feel for like. Uh, like I feel for him, like like we did last year, when we were going through all our injuries, and we're like, we're finally good, and we can't be healthy. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Or like us in preseason when we finally get to see. Yeah, and I'm going to drive you crazy this podcast, but Dante play. Oh and my goodness, Dante! Surgery. My goodness, it's like a Tide commercial. Same. Everything's turning into Dante. <laughs> I've got Dante on the brain. He's my son, and I love him. I mean, I love Royce O'Neal. He's going to be great for us. That reminds me of Dante. <laughs> Get ready. Okay, go, but yeah, go, we go, felt go the same thing. We were so excited for this thing, and the the Timberwolves are excited for the playoffs. And then Jimmy Butler's hurt, and I hopefully it's not career ending. You know, hopefully it's not anything too severe. Uh, just a sprain. Hopefully he's got Rudy knees where it's like it bends but it doesn't break. Um, let's just hope. I don't know. Maybe we've seen that on the wire today, but I haven't seen anything Holy yet. Holy cow! So, uh, so yeah. So here's here's some things that are going. Uh, so, you, you, so I'm I, I I just looked up points off turnovers for Utah over their past five games since Rubio was out and uh, they got Jay Crowder. Where do you think they rank? Uh, since they with since Rudy Rubio's been out, yeah. Uh, last probably, five games, probably low. Like, wh- where like would you 25th. say? 25th. 25th. Last. Last. So we're yes. not getting easy buckets. No. And if you look over the past 12 games, so including this one, um, Utah was uh, much higher. They were about, about tw- like that last game, last night's game really threw, threw things off. But, um, but yeah, they would have been in the, in the teens. So that hurts. That definitely, that, that definitely hurts. Um, so I mean, it, it, like I said, like point point like fast break points points off turnovers, 
those are never really going to be super high for Utah because they're not like uh, like we said like if their pace average fourteen fifteen that's like a lightning pace for for us that's that's <laughs> the, we're not expecting them to be like Golden State Warriors or or uh, uh, who's another fast paced team like Thunder or Pacers um, mm-hmm. like we're not expecting that type of type of pace but my goodness like when you're last like when you're last over the last five games you're not getting out there and run you're not getting those easy buckets and and utah creates a lot of turnovers they create a lot of turnovers for for their opponents so they do so if if it like i mean get this over the last 12 games if you look at you know their opponents turnovers um you know when they when they play utah you know they're Opponents are turning over the ball 13, 13 times a game. You mix that in with their pace adjusted. You know, if you're looking at, let's just go per 100 possessions. Let's let's just clean that up right there. Per 100 possessions, it's not bad. You're looking in, you're like 12 to 14, depending on what stretch of games you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So that that definitely changes a lot. I think I actually the more we talk about this I think there's a lot of hope for the Jazz to just get back to where they were there's a lot of positive signs for just coming from a negative game and they just need they need to get back to turning the ball over getting turnovers or getting well forcing turnovers and then stop turning the ball over and they should be fine they need easy buckets this they now have Donovan who is a bucket getter for them uh but they can't just rely on a rookie to be their top scorer they need to find other ways to generate offense and that's with the transition and things like that. Yeah, so I I, I think what Dallas is going to be so nice for them tonight. Uh, there's definitely some 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 easy wins coming up on the schedule. Like if you look at Utah's Utah's schedule coming up, let's let's pull up Utah right here. Basketball Reference, give me life. And Basketball Reference, to God. Basketball Reference, to God. So if we're looking at the schedule coming up here, so we have. So they play Dallas and they play Houston at home. Beer of strength. Okay. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, and here's a nice thing. They they play the Rockets on Monday. Then they have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off before they play the Timberwolves next week. That's practice and rest. That's practice, rest, practice, rest. And then we're then we're then we start to get in territory where maybe we start to see um one of these games is going to be Dante Exum's uh, debut. Yes. Because then we're getting into March. And we know that Dennis Lindsay said that sometime in March, mid-March, maybe. Hey, you know what? He's doing the under-promise, over-deliver is what he's doing. Oh, yeah, we deep. might see it earlier than what we've been told. Uh, I, and... I, I hope so. Like this, this uh, th- I would say what I've been really impressed with, with uh, this season is Utah's medical staff. I feel like we have an average medical staff now. That's great because it never felt like that before. It felt like, well, if we have an injury, this is going to bother us all season long. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, so I, so now now we're getting into the territory. Once we get to March, you know, you have the Timberwolves on Friday, uh, a week from you know next week, and you mm-hmm. have Sacramento Kings on 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 Saturday. Then you have Orlando Magic on on. March fifth, pace. Then you have the road trip, which is Grizzlies, Pacers, win. Pelicans. Win, win. 
And so, <laughs> and so, to Siri, uh, I just knocked my Siri on by, by <laughs> somehow when I, when I, when I said, when I said Grizzlies, Hey Grizzlies. <laughs> well, Hey, and guess what? When, it tur- uh, turned on again. It turned on again. So, Hey, it, if you got Siri activated, you've got, Hey, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to activate it, but if you got a, Hey, cereal didn't turn on. <laughs> It, it, if you say "Hey Grizzlies," it turns on. That's that's uh, what you really tune into this to this podcast for. I know this is like this is like the hard hitting stuff. So well, then we've you, given them hope, and we've given them information about Siri, who is a technological voice genius. Genius. Know what that oh. reminds me of? Uh, I, Dante. Oh, Dante Exum, who's coming back sooner than later. Dante and is going to carry us into the playoffs and help us to upset the Spurs yes, when we make the sixth seed. Great. Okay. Uh, for that interlude. Then we, then we, then if you're looking at the time frame that Dennis Lindsay gave, you have sometime <laughs> March 13th, you have the Detroit Pistons, March 15th, Phoenix Suns, Kings, Hawks, all those at home. That seems like a really nice stretch. In fact, like it, it, you might see Dante Exum travel with the team starting March 7th, and you're like, ooh, is this going to be the game? Is this going to be it? Is this, uh, this going to be with, with uh, on March 7th through 11th? But March 13th through the 20th, that's like the like juicy, like we're playing some bottom feeders. It's time to move him in. Uh, but I, I do think with Dante Exum, I think we're uh, nigh approaching the point where we're going to see a D-League, a, a G-League, sorry Gatorade, hashtag sponsors, hashtag sellout. Yeah. Where we're going to start to see him with uh, Salt Lake City Stars' uh, appearance to start to work himself back into shape. I think, like... You're going to see me at that game pounding so much popcorn. Oh, my goodness. Like, so so with that being said, let's look at the Salt Lake City Stars' upcoming upcoming schedule. Hey, assist to Tony Bradley from Dante Exum. Assist to Diamond Stone from Dante Exum. Dunk for Dante X. I I actually I don't think Dante wants to go to the G League, does he? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if he'll want to play in the G League, but it will have to be a home game. But if they're like, hey, if you play this, you get to play earlier. I think that might be it. So, so let's do this. Hey, what what do we have here? Do we have four home games in Salt Lake City starting out the beginning of March? Hey. Why, yes, we do. So I think you're reading tea leaves right now. So so um, right now, so the Jazz go on their road trip. Um, let's let's go back. Ah, crap! I lost my spots. No, no, <laughs> no. Now it's never. Now we're never gonna find it. Okay, we're we're back. Everything's everything's okay. We're, 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 don't worry, don't worry. This is a professional podcast. I'm nervous. I'm I'm, I'm nervous too. So if we look at like. Utah Jazz's uh, schedule versus so they're on the road for those first games to start out March, and they're uh. so March so March second and March third they play at home versus the the Timberwolves and March third they play against the Kings. Salt Lake City Stars, on the other hand, they play on the March first they play in Salt Lake City. So that's the day hey. before the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then they play they play in Salt Lake City on the third, and that on the third you have the Jazz in Sacramento. So that mm. would that might put them 
back to coming back for a home game against the Magic, and Dante Exum might be warmed up. Maybe there we go. Do we, do, do we have something there? So that's the so there 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 it is. Okay, that's your last Dante update. Hey, guess what? I think we just figured out when Dante's coming back. Uh, that deserves a review from all of our followers, right? Right, five stars. There you go. Four and a half stars because it wasn't enough Dante news. I think I think you have a bone witch in your room that tells you those things. What? <laughs> it's, it's a very good foretelling from you. It is, did you like? Uh, yeah, it was amazing foretelling. Did what's a bone witch? <laughs> it's a thing I made up. I don't. Is, is, I've is, seen in like Viking witch? movies and stuff. Like a they always witch? have like a bone witch. Like okay. have you seen a like, Robin Hood Prince family of Thieves podcast? I was like. <laughs> Remember Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, when he has his weird, scary, like the Prince of Nottingham or oh, whatever yes, has yes, a scary yes. mom, yeah. and she throws like blood, and that that ru- like I just made didn't me... know that like that's what what we we're calling them nowadays. It's like man, man you got <laughs> a really good, witch. got a really good bone witch, man. <laughs> it sounds like that could get dirty pretty quick. It, it sounds like too. <laughs> like it sounds like somebody could like like rock in the voodoo with you. It's like wow, who'd you meet? <laughs> It's a really good bone witch. Has, like, I'm gonna I, I maybe on Twitter. Know, that's uh, like, like if we had polls, like that's what I would want to pull our listeners right there. It's just be like, what do you think of when you think of a bone witch? <laughs> on Twitter now, maybe I'll summon the bone witch to predict things for the game and yes, stuff. I don't know. The bone witch. <laughs> summon the bone witch. Okay. He's scary. That's very scary. So with that end. We, we bid you guys farewell. Uh, of course, always subscribe to us. Subscribe to us on the good old SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Subscribe to us wherever we find a place to put this podcast. Listen to us and you, listen to our stuff and check out our stuff on Facebook. You can always see James' great Facebook lives right after games. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter to get the good old action. Follow us on, on Facebook so you can stay in the know with us. Follow us on Instagram because our man Taylor Griff puts out awesome memes and awesome stuff on there. We have great videos that have been coming out lately. Um, and we have great writing that's at the side at SLC Dunk. We have uh, some great writers there that have been putting out some some fire stuff. So really love the stuff that's been going on. So with that, we be- bid you farewell. We bid you adieu. I will talk to you later and be careful with the bone witch. Yeah, watch out for bone witches. (laughs) Alright, talk to you later. Bye.